Welcome back to another edition of the Power for the Court podcast. It is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Nice day today. Really nice day. Really nice day. Um, we're recording this just before uh, game two of the Bucks, Celtics, Warriors, Grizzlies. Um, Marcus Smart taking a sick day. Marcus Smart being lazy, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have to drive. Uh, he's out today. Um, breaking news just before we recorded this. Um, but yeah, of course, we're going to talk um, all the game ones, talk the future of these uh, these rounds, give a little breakdown of all the, all the games and our thoughts, of course. Are you ready? Let's go. It's Born for the Court Podcast! Okay, um, game one of the Celtics Bucks, uh, pretty, de- pretty decent game, kind of ugly. Um, it was a dog fight. It was definitely a dog fight, but uh, eventually we saw that the, the Bucks had more dogs, you know, more suited to fight. I would say just dogs ready to fight. I don't like. I don't. I don't think we saw the same Celtics team in that Brooklyn series that we well, did in the first game of Milwaukee. Marcus Smart, I'd call a dog, but he wasn't suited to fight that game. We saw. Um, I mean, man's got a hurt. He did. He did get a hurt. Um, did you say th- he got a hurt? He got a hurt. He got a hurt. That's not he actually got a couple hurts. Yeah, um, he did get two hurts. With his, he had, he had a, the shoulder, what do they call it, a stinger? And then the, it the thigh like, contusion. It looked like he was like, it looked like one of those run off the courts where your shoulder just pops out. I but, thought he died. But like the shoulder clearly wasn't out of the socket. It was very weird watching it live. I, I thought he died. I thought he was like done. Like, li- like the way he ran off, like I'd never seen a player run off like that really, but. Well, everybody did, and then they were like, "Oh, he's back!" Oh, in yeah, five he's minutes. gonna be back in five minutes. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but one thing I saw, my, one of my main takeaways, was that Giannis was able to get into the interior a lot better than Durant was. Um, credit to how much better the Bucks spacing is. <coughs> credit to how much better the Bucks spacing is than the uh, Nets. I mean, Bucks off-ball movement was also so much better than the Nets. So when Giannis drew a double team in the mid or low post areas. Almost every play, he was able to find an open shooter or a dish to someone who would then do a plus one to an open shooter. Yeah, I think it's tough for Boston to adjust to Milwaukee's size. Yeah, they've been the bigger team almost all year in every game. But and I mean, then they go out with a front court of Giannis, Bobby Portis, and Brooke Lopez, and it's like they really didn't adjust to anything. Boston didn't adjust to anything to try and take one of those players out of the game. Yeah, but not only. All year were they one through five, mostly the a bigger team every matchup. They were tougher. The extre- no, but the extremeness of going from that net series where they're playing three point Polar guard opposite. lineups. Polar opposites. And the Bucks, I mean, you look at that lineup and their sh- their shortest guy they were playing was Drew Holiday. Six five. Yeah. I also mean oh, like a J- solid maybe, six five. Maybe Javon Carter, who's like I don't know how tall he is, but he makes up for it with girth. Yeah, he's one of the girls. By the way, by the way, uh, Javon Carter had the best plus minus of the game. I think it was plus twenty seven, which is all, pretty damn good. All whack shoe team, him and Patrick Beverly. I don't under Reggie Jackson rather. They just wear whatever mismatched shoes. Like I'm for mismatched shoes if it like makes sense, but Reggie Jackson will wear like a red and then like a mint colored shoe. It doesn't make no, but like Javon Carter's Why? Javon Carter. I don't know what the they're called the pink Kobe sixes. Breast cancer awareness. I don't know. They have a breast cancer awareness logo on the sole, but he Probably wears those with Grinches. Yeah, it doesn't make all sense. the time. It doesn't make sense. And my favorite thing about it is he like switches off every game which one's the right shoe and which one's the left shoe. One game the, the Grinch be the left, next game Grinch be the right. Well, he was just, wearing. I think it, I don't. 
don't, I don't remember what, which exact shoes he's wearing last game. I don't know what the name of it Kind of looked like a GT Cup, but it wasn't a GT Cup. I don't know exactly what it was in last game, but they were, I guarantee they were still very interesting. Crazy um, but, yeah, back to the smart injury. When he first got hurt in that game, he should not have returned. No, he didn't. He couldn't run up and down the court. He defensively he was not nearly the, the player that he usually is, but offensively he went on to go three for 11. And smart, we all know he's going to get him up. He's been more mature of a player this year by not shooting those terrible shots that he usually would shoot. But what do you shoot? Six threes this game, one for six or something. Yeah, like that? but I mean, dude, three for eleven after like your plan hurt, your shoulder hurts, and you're not going to get the same elevation that you would with the with that thigh contusion he had. But just not not really good. But um, with the smart injury, we're going to see Derek White slide into the starting lineup. Obviously, more uh, more Paul Pritchard minutes. Not Paul? not Peyton. Paul Pritchard. I think he looks like a Paul. Um, You're just saying that because he's white. Paul George, he's he's not white, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, how do you think this uh, the Marcus Smart absence is going to affect the Celtics? Do you think they can even win this game without him at all? Um, it's going to be tough without Marcus Smart, but I don't see the Celtics having as bad of an offensive game as they did on Sunday. I don't know. I I don't think there's any. They they made ten yeah, but, two point field goals. The Bucks Ten. didn't have a good offensive game either. It's far better than the, the Celtics. That's because they're a better team. Mm, it's yet to be seen. Um, I really, I really hope the Celtics win this game because I really want the series to go seven. Um, I'm hoping for some prettier play because I think we were a little spoiled with the first round series we got. They were all such awesome games. That was an ugly. That wasn't like the most fun game to watch. No, it wasn't. I was very excited going into it, and then it was just like a. There was nothing really to it. It was just a lot of banging, a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad passes just thrown around the court, and quick shots, quick threes. Yeah, not, not much fun with it with the game. I could I could get behind a conference finals or even a finals slugfest, but conference semi slugfests are not always the most fun things. No. Um, but I mean, these are two heavy hitting teams, and this is gonna be like that pretty much every game. Like I, I. You know, game one is a great indicator for the rest of the series, and I think we're going to see very similar games like that to come. Um, but if if you're Boston, what are you? What adjustments are you making? Well, for one thing, I make sure that all my guys know we are not playing the Nets. You've got to find guys off ball. You cannot be caught staring at Giannis. And you know, yeah, it's, it's a very different series. It's such a different series. But like I said, the off ball movement the Bucks have is just so much better. Than the Nets and you like you almost forget that was allowed the way the Nets were playing. Literally, it was just everyone watch KD ISO. Whereas the Bucks, they have guys cutting to the basket while Giannis has his back to the basket, and they got guys moving in the perimeter. Well, and then they the Celtics just cannot help the way they were helping when KD would drive. And like I said, when you get used to playing against a team like that, a series like think about that. You're going into a series. Your main thing is just this team, and especially a matchup like the Nets where. Everyone was hyping it up to go seven games. It's hard to make that switch like that and go to this team, which is playing such a higher-level offense. Well, when you think about the two different teams that they're playing, first off, the Nets haven't been together for a while. A lot of hired arms, players that never really played together, they're getting thrown out into a playoff environment. Their best point guard, best lineup is three point guards. Point guards aren't known for guys that are cutting off ball and things yep. like that, especially the three point guards that they had out there. Three ball-dominant guys. Yep. With their Patrick Mills, maybe. But yeah. Patrick Mills, not necessarily ball-dominant, but not a known 
basket cutter. Yeah, 100%. And then, so those three guys are just kind of waiting for the ball to get back in their hands. Whereas the Bucks, team that's been together for a while. Oh, yeah. Not really new additions that are playing, right? Only new additions they have are veteran additions that are used to being added onto a cast like that, you know? Right, but they know how to play with a superstar and ball-dominant guys. Oh, yeah. They know when to cut, when not to cut, what Giannis is thinking, where he's going to throw the ball, things like that. So I just overall, I think it's harder to scheme for a team like that and just harder to guard overall, harder to be ready for. Yeah, and also we know superstars always adjust to the ways they're being defended, and I don't doubt that Tatum is going to have better games. Um, but no, Tatum, again, Tatum and Brown have to show up in the series or they're going to get swept. You can't go Tatum 6 for 18 and then Jalen Brown 4 for 13. Yeah, but again, it's very hard to adjust when you got a player like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I am just going to say I think he's the best on-ball defender in the NBA, one through five. But like, how does Marcus Smart a defensive player of the year then, Cole? Because Giannis coasted a little bit. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a, that was a troll. That's for, that's for everybody that doesn't understand how NBA awards voting. Goes. No, it's it's so it's so tiresome every single year. There's just tweets like, oh, but Marcus Smart's defensive player of the year though. Okay, Exa- bro, like. like it's a regular season award. And, like, the, the Jordan Poole people, he wasn't playing that well in the regular season. He wasn't. Okay, whatever. We're not going to do We're that. We're not going to do that. We're not doing um, that. But, like, it's just people got to understand. You, the playoffs are different, and people step up more in the playoffs. People take, people take on bigger roles. And Giannis, who's taking the, the big load offensively, he's not going to be <coughs> playing, that much, that, playing that hard on defense as he will in the playoffs. So no, yes, yeah. he he understands what it takes to get right. to the finals. I'm All right, right. Uh, let's move on to Warriors Grizzlies. Um, going into the series, I was not at all worried for the Warriors, and leaving Game One, I'm even more not worried for the Warriors. You're more not worried. Yeah, let me put it this way: the Grizzlies got the luckiest a team could possibly get, as far as a playoff game goes, and they lost. Steph shot poorly. 8 for 20, mostly makeable shots. Clay shot very poorly, 6 for 19, really bad in the first half specifically. And then we saw an anomaly take place where Clay was at the line with the opportunity to make the Warriors lead three points, giving the Grizzlies another gift by going 0 for 2 from the line. That and was we, very odd, but like something just yeah. told me in that moment he wasn't going to hit those free throws. I don't know why. Yeah, and then the Grizz do not convert on a poorly, poorly defended... <coughs> On a poorly, poorly defended last play on the Warriors' part where we saw Ja get a very decent look at the rim, as good of a look as you can possibly get in that situation. Draymond, of course, infamously gets ejected. Been, on that eject, very, been ejected for less. On that very controversial call, call which I don't even want to get into because that's been talked about ad nauseum by the, uh, the media. And on the Grizzly side, you get Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., with... What a lot of people are calling the best game of his career. He played really well defensively, uh, blocking a lot of shots, rebounding a lot of shots. Didn't even get in foul trouble. Shot really well. We also saw amazing efforts by DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark, both ends. But Ja, he starts the game. To, this is just some self-destruction on Ja's part. He starts the game two for two from the three on open, in-rhythm shots. So he decides, oh, I must be Steph Curry. So he just starts settling for these threes the rest of the game that the Warriors, by the way, are just begging him to shoot. Rest of the game, he goes two for nine, 
most of these attempts were off the dribble where the defenders are just sagging. And when defenders do sag off him, he usually uses this to get a running start, then freeze a defender with some kind of move, usually like a drop cross. But this early success from three really came back to bite him. I mean, excluding the three-pointers, he went 10 for 20, which is not bad at all. But those three-point attempts from Ja is not what was winning games for the Grizzlies in the regular season. And it's not going to win games for them in the playoffs either. Yeah, I think the the regular season success for Memphis was great, but their their young the young the youngness in their team really showed up in that first round against the Timberwolves, and then we saw it again against Golden State in this game one. I don't know if they're completely ready for playoff basketball, which we kind of said before the playoffs started. Both me and you agreed they're not ready, and if they did run in, if the Clippers did make the playoffs. As the seventh seed with Kawhi, they, I think they would have lost. And they ran into a very easy first-round matchup with Minnesota, who's just also not ready for the playoffs. They don't have the team around Anthony Edwards to get anywhere. Um, yeah, but what was surprising to me was usually the, war, uh, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies, as we saw, do not play down to their competition. Every single team that they were supposed to beat in the regular season, they, did. they would beat and they would handle their business extremely well. But... It was like that series just the Timberwolves just brought them down to their level of sloppiness, their their level yeah. of uh, low IQ, which was not how the Grizzlies are playing in uh, the regular season. And coming out of that, I was expecting a way worse effort actually from the Grizzlies than we saw. I mean, but like I said, like I said, the luck was on their side. Um, no, but like just coming out of a, a sloppy. Uh, very poorly executed executed series on their part. Yeah, you know you just don't expect a great game. But as I said again, luck was on their side, and they just could not convert. But I maximum this this series goes six games. Um, yeah, uh, I could very well see it go four though. Seriously, I mean if Golden State wins this one tonight and they go two zero in Memphis, that's that's not a good sign whatsoever. Yeah, definitely not. Um. Okay, uh, moving on. Heat Sixers. Um, as a Heat fan, I'm, I'm a cakewalk for the Heat. No, it's kind of oh, um, it's almost it's kind of lucky that they got okay. this path. You know? As a Heat fan, I'm really That's upset me, about this Embiid injury because I knew we would be able to beat the Sixers with ease if he was playing. But without him, this leaves the window for uh, Heat haters like you to creep in. And talk about how, how much I, of an easy run this I is going to be. I told you. Is. Remember, well, we didn't no, release this audio, but I told you that this is not a, this is an easy series for Miami before we knew of the Embiid injury. Yeah, 100%. But um, in this game one, we saw Harden shoot 5 for 13. Really, really weird game out of Harden. Why, how, why does he get 13 shots up? It's his fault. I mean, it's, it's, but it's I'm just him. saying he's... He wants a max contract this summer. He's going to put 13 shots up in a playoff game. This is, I think this is like one of the weirdest second half of the season from a supposed to be superstar player we've ever seen. I mean, he's like, not a this, superstar to me anymore. He can't. Be. I know. I 100% agree. But like, it's just so odd to me that this was a guy who two years ago, you'd be shocked if he got less than 30 shots up yeah. in a playoff well, 30's game. 30 is kind of crazy. But. It, for Harden? I don't think that's crazy at all. We, in, on, with the Rockets, I don't know if the top, I don't know for sure, but off the top of my head, I would guess he averaged around twenty-five shot attempts a game in the regular season. But, <coughs> but the, I mean, 
he was playing kind of casually. It was it was he was shying away from this, the Heat's um, physical defense, um, which obviously the Heat are playing really really well defensively on perimeter players, as we saw with Trey Young. Bam Adebayo was quoted as saying they were giving almost the exact same treatment Trey Young was getting uh, to Harden, which would make sense. Yeah, um, but you know, poor first quarter from the Sixers, but we saw a furious comeback. In the second quarter, which the Heat were somewhat confused by the Sixers' zone defense look, really struggling to get paint touches. And everyone knows going zone leaves you susceptible to giving up open threes. And in a game where the Heat shot 25% from three, that played right into the Sixers' hand. But, I mean, inevitably, the Heat figured it out. You can, um, only, you can only play zone for so long before a team figures it out. You have yeah, to mix it. Absolutely. But when, it's got to be a mix. I mean, when you're playing a team with an elite big man like Bam Adebayo and your only bigs that you that are playable they, they tried Paul Millsap <laughs> went awful other than the, but their two main defenders Millsap played 6 minutes I, I know I'm saying they tried him their okay. two main their two main bigs they played DeAndre Jordan and Paul Reed Paul Reed just too undersized not just overall he's overmatched DeAndre Jordan just so slow even and some, old even some Charles Bassey minutes tonight well that was that was that was a uh, that was garbage time which actually their garbage time Sixers lineup schooled the Heat's garbage time lineup. Um, made what would have been a twenty point win. What did we been by? 13, 12? Um, but fourteen. Yeah, but Bam Adebayo played awesome. Tyler Hero played awesome. Um, Bam had twenty four, twelve, and four, um, and Tyler Hero twenty five and seven. Way sharper second half for the Heat. <coughs> Um, not a great game out of Jimmy, though. Uh, missing a lot of makeable looks at the basket. Shot one for four from three, but, you know, I have no idea. He'll, I have no doubt he'll figure it out. Um, shoot better. Like I said, they were makeable shots. Um, Tobias Harris, though. Really good game. Um, yeah. But, I mean, can you win a playoff game if Tobias Harris is your best offensive player? No. No, you can't. I mean, decent game out of Maxi. He had 19, but... Like I mean, if the if the still Sixers not, still not great shooting splits from the floor though. Yeah, but that's 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 that's, that's what Max is gonna do. But if you want to win a game as as the Sixers, you need I'm gonna say three things without Embiid. You're gonna need three things. If you're gonna win as the Sixers, hard enough to score 35 and have 12 assists. Yeah, that was one of my three things. Can you guess one of the other two? I mean, anything from a center. That's 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 I had something along those lines. I said you're going to need DeAndre Jordan to take anti-aging serum or you're going to need Paul Reed to grow. Like Paul Reed's good, but he's not ready to guard Bam Adebayo in a playoff series. Not at all. And uh last thing Not many are. Last thing, can you guess it? Last thing that last of the three they need. You need your shooters to show up. We saw yeah, the Sixers quote unquote shooters George Niang and Danny Green shoot a combined two for thirteen. George Niang specifically. Do you know what the team shot from three call? I would guess twenty-five. Seventeen and a half. <laughs> Holy shit! Niang over seven. Oh yeah, yeah. Niang over, over seven. two. Thibel, you, you, what do you what do you expect? Maxi one for six. Harden two for seven. Tobias one for four. Danny Red one for five. Yeah, um, but one good thing. Uh, the Bam Tyler pick and roll looked great. Um, what I want to see more from Bam though is, like I said, you have these two just not good defenders on him: DeAndre Jordan, Paul Reed. I need him to be more aggressive 
Number one, in the post when he has Paul Reed, he's just way too passive out of the post. And when he does look um, look to score in the post, he doesn't get to the basket. He takes it's like always a pound away. Why he, is it always the follow He gets he gets deeper. He gets like more closer to the free throw line in the paint, and then shoots a floater. Like why not put him in the rim? But and then DeAndre Jordan, just run um, jo- run DeAndre Jordan ragged on handoffs. Yeah, when no when. Bam Adebayo, he gets the ball a ton on the perimeter, and he has so much space to create, but he never, ever looks to be aggressive on the perimeter, when he, especially when he has a slower defender on him, like DeAndre Jordan. And when, when, not if, when the Heat play the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, we need him to take advantage of his speed on a player like Brooke Lopez, who we saw last year just outplay Bam Adebayo. He made Bam yeah. look like he was an average player, straight up. And well, you mean when they play um, Daniel Tice in the finals? You think you don't think the Celtics are going to win the series? Do you? I don't know. No, you, dude, there's no. I'm sorry, there's no way. I just, I mean, again, I think the series could and should go seven, but I just, I don't think the Bucks can lose. I really don't. I think they're too good. Um, but yeah, we need a special effort from Bam Adebayo in. Um, this Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> against a team like the Bucks, defensively and offensively, because we know defensively he's going to get a ton of time on Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is yeah. right now, he's looking unstoppable. Giannis shot the ball very poorly. I, I forget what he was. I think it was like 12 or 26, something like that. But he still had an amazing game. No, yeah, I, he played great, and he had another level to go to, which is the scariest thing. The, one of the first things I said to you after the game was, I've never seen a player statistically shoot that poorly but play so well. Yeah. And it was just so it was just so many things he did well in that game. Um, obviously, both sides. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on. Suns, Mavericks. Luka Doncic, amazing game. He's good. What was it forty six points? I believe. But it was there a second in that game where you weren't in doubt the Suns were going to win? A second. No, nah, I mean, the narrative was getting built up the whole Pelican series of like, oh, are the Suns really the team? Yeah, they're they're still the team. Yeah. Like, Booker was out a couple games, okay. New Orleans figured it out for a little bit, but the Suns are still the Suns. There's a reason that they won 64 games this year. Yeah, but, correction, Luka Doncic is 45, not 46. Get it but, right. Please get it right. Sorry. Gosh. But, I mean... You saw you saw great shooting nights from almost every single one of their players. Only player that really could have shot better was Jalen Brunson, um, but yeah. he wasn't getting the greatest of looks. Um, Kleba played really well. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith. Kleba pl- almost die on that alley-oop? Kind of. Jeezy, that was very scary to watch. Yeah, it was. The whole Suns bench got up. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, he played really well. Um, looking, looking for more to Josh Green, though. Josh Green almost put up a Tony Snell. Um, he had two rebounds, but that's it. Zeroes the rest of the way in 10 minutes of playing time. You, you almost just want to put it. You can't put up a Tony Snell and just you screw can't. him over, though. Um, but, yeah. Um, on the what, Suns, about the, what about the Theo Pinson stuff after the game? Yeah, that was... What was so that? So, Chris Paul, after the game, was asked about the Mavericks. I forget the exact question, but Chris Paul said... Yeah, the, the Mavs... McMenamin was just trashing Theo Pinson for no reason. Really rude, but um, Chris Paul said, yeah, the Mavs got a lot of really good players. Um, Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Theo Pinson. 
Theo Pinson didn't play a second in the game. Little North Carolina. Yeah, love, I was gonna say North Carolina love. Um, I think you gotta respect it. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul coached Theo Pinson for a time in his career. It's just an OG paving the way for Back Theo Pinson, you know? But yeah. Um, like, why you got to be mean to Theo Pinson? What I he, love like? the Theo Pinson love. Theo Pinson actually is an awesome, awesome guy. And he's a good player. He's a really athletic player. Can knock down a three, too, at this point in his career. But um, Chris Paul, I'm going to say average game out of Chris Paul. Nothing special. Um, no, he, he landed the plane, though. 19 points. Only three assists. Out of Chris Paul. Very, very weirdly. Best plus minus on the Suns, though. That's true. Plus 14. Um, Devin Booker. We saw a more ball-dominant Devin Booker than we usually do um, in that game. Didn't have an amazing shoot tonight. 23.7 for 20. <laughs> but guess what? Got the job done, though. Yeah. Got the job done. Um, one thing that I did see that stuck out was um, this Mavs team, who does not have a great um, you know, lineup of front-court players, Saw a lot of Dwight Powell at the five minutes. DeAndre Ayton was eating on the pick and roll. Um, he had a great game, 25 points. 60% from the field, yeah. That's yeah. Very um, and then, of course, they all everyone shot well. There was not a single guy who shot worse than 50% from the Suns, which is astounding. Astounding. You, I mean, you Wait, I'm sorry. I'm tripping, except for Devin Booker. Sorry. But as a team, 50 from two, 40 from three, you can't get much better than that. You can't. You can't. But guess what? They were all. It was there was no one that was unconscious. Every shot they were getting was very makeable, and they knocked. And they knocked most of their shots down. They also went hundred percent from the line, which is which I'm not surprised about. This. Nah, the Suns have an amazing free throw shooting collection of players. Yeah. Um. Are, are we shocked about Javale coast to coast? I'm not shocked even a little bit. Everyone was no, tripping. Like Everyone I'm was tripping shocked. about like, oh my god. So those who didn't see it again, Javale McGee strips Luka Doncic and goes coast to coast for the slam dunk. And everyone's like, man, this is uh, Reggie Miller. Right. First thing he said was that's going to be the number one play on JaVale McGee's highlight reel for the rest of his career. Does nobody watch JaVale Cleveland film? I mean, I wasn't even the slightest surprise. Whenever, when, when he dunked that, I did nothing but nod my head. I was like, yep, that's JaVale for you. He like does I, things like that. JaVale holds a soft spot in my heart from his, his days with the Wizards when yeah. they were just so bad, and he was the lone bright spot. Like, for, for eight-year-old me and six-year-old you, just, like, they would be down 20, but he'd, he'd still get a fast break and throw it off the glass and do a windmill. Yeah, I mean, and It was I, the highlight of our weeks. I know. Like, I, where, where were they when JaVale was in the D.C. doing that stuff nightly? And then when Blake Maybe Griffin, he wasn't converting. Maybe he wasn't converting. Not all the but time. He, but he, he'd make an effort to go coast to coast all the time. The, With the Nuggets, he'd always try and go coast to coast. But, Would never work, but we've seen flashes out of this stuff. There's not, there's not a better call in sports than Steve Buckhans' alley-oop to McGee. No, that, that's, that, that's going to go better. down in the annals of commentating history. Nothing better. Um, but yeah, this, this is a very... I think, I think a team could go all in on McGee. You know, have him be guy. your forefront. I, I say... He can go. He can go twenty six and ten. Yeah. If if he gets the keys, if yeah. he gets the keys, give him give him some good shooters around him. He might not give the good passes, but he can he can get it in the, the area of he'll, the player. He'll get it close. for a dish. You know. But yeah, a lot of good games. A lot of good games. A lot, um, of, a lot of good. Bats. Leading into tonight. So, you have the Celtic. You have the Celtics winning this game tonight. Yeah, I think they will. I don't think they will. They have to. They don't this have is, to, actually. You this know is that, a must-win. Did you know that they don't have to? 2-0 going into Milwaukee, it's a must-win. I still think the Bucks will win. I have a feeling that the Celtics will win, but 
my my logic in me thinks the Bucks will win. I think Drew Holiday played out of his mind. Boston's two best players played terribly. I wouldn't say out of his mind. I don't think they were ready I, to play. Okay, here's my definition of playing terribly. You miss a lot of makeable shots. The <coughs> the Celtics duo, <coughs> the Celtics duo of Taylor, Hayden Brown, they weren't getting crazily makeable shots. They weren't, but they, they but were just. The, being I don't. Well I defended. don't think they were fully adjusted to what the series had in store for them. If that makes sense, they How weren't. How can you be really? But now they know. They know what shots are going to be there. What isn't going to be there? I think there's going to be a little shift in the minutes. For the front court players. One thing I will say is I do expect them to shoot better from three. We saw Duh. Pritchard go in and jack up some shots. Yeah, there was just uh, that was the other thing. That's just uncharacteristic Celtic stuff. Well, well okay, like, well I wouldn't call it uncharacteristic because the Celtics shot unprecedentedly. I don't even know what's the word. Well, in the net series from three, and Al Horford couldn't miss. Grant Williams could not miss. Um, Derek White, he was like the one guy who could miss, actually. You're going to bring um, up two 40% three-point shooters and say they couldn't miss? That's like... Okay, but... What you, like, they were getting we amazing looks, and they were just knocking everything down. Um, only, I mean, I just... I don't know. But, yeah, I do expect them to shoot better from three. Um, that's the one thing. I don't know if we're going to see any crazy games out of Tatum and Brown because they have a guy... I mean, when you're being guarded by Giannis... I don't know how many guys have had career nights against Giannis. He's not Rudy Gobert. Giannis is guarding both of them? I'm saying, like, we, we're going to see him up against Tatum. But still, the Pat Connaughton, make fun of him all you want. He's still an above-average uh, wing defender. It's the craziest take ever. He, you're saying Pat Connaughton's not no, an above-average wing, wing defender. It's not the craziest. It's just, like, the most random. Like, that's the first player you bring up. Okay, Drew Holiday, too. Like, they, all these guys that could switch on to him... They're not bad from they're not know, bad I know, I know. But Boston has the same thing. I just don't think they were ready. I think Boston's That's the gonna, thing, like Boston's gonna come out with a vengeance. Adoka's been yelling at him for two days straight. They're like, All right, all right, we'll play. Like I get it. Yeah. Um one thing I loved was the Celtics had three like the Bucks went on like a nine oh run. The Bucks had three minutes straight. Or the Celtics had three minutes straight of just the worst play they had, had the, the all year call? long. Email Udoka calls a timeout. And he waits for all the Celtics defenders to, or all the Celtics players to sit down, look at him. Udoka just walks up, takes the knee, and just goes, "What the fuck, guys? Yo, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was just uncharacteristic for the Celtics. Like if if, they, if they yeah were, okay if the Bucks were just flat out outplaying them and the I'm Celtics leaning on your were doing thing. everything they could, they're like, going to be better. Just they're going to be they're going to yeah. be more ready. I okay, I can I can. They're going to find ways to get either Portis or Lopez out of the game. They're going to make the lineup a little That's bit smaller. No, they they can't do that. You, okay. The way the Bucks play defensively, they're they they're used to people trying that since forever. Okay. They, they've had people try that all game. And guess what? Worst comes to worst, Giannis is your small ball five. Worst comes that's scary. Okay, stuff. but you put him on Tatum or Brown, that's one less guy at the rim. Whatever. Just saying. Man. Just saying. Whatever, man. There's ways. Whatever. They're I got gonna, the Bucks. Gonna you got the Celtics. All right. Moving on. Warriors, Grizzlies. How much do you think the Warriors will win by? It's like, no, actually. No, I think this I is. Know. I think Memphis is going to win this game. No, I don't think so. I think. I think win. it's going to be another close game, but I also think it's another. Like, you can chase. Am I? Am I wrong? When the Grizzlies they got the lead late in the fourth quarter, what did I say? I'm not worried. I think it's going to go. Memphis wins this. But did, well, did I say that? 
<coughs> what did I say? You did express your lack of worry when Memphis took the lead late in the I said, I said Steph Curry is not even a little bit worried. Steph's unfazed by this. Steph's unfazed. The, it's it's going to go Golden State won the first. Memphis is going to win the second. Golden State wins both at home. Then, wait. Yeah, so that'd be 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Yep. And then you think the Grizzlies will win, a, win game five and then Warriors win game six? Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be 2-1-2. Two, yeah. one, two. Okay, whatever. Warriors going to win the first two. Whatever. Grizz man. may win game three. Warriors win game four and five. You know what they say. What do they say? We'll see. That's, that is what they say all the time, actually. Um, yeah. Okay. If. Let's just. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. If the NBA say, like calls it and say, for the series, we're actually going to do Serge Ibaka versus Al Horford one-on-one. Winner takes the series. Who do you think wins then? Boston. You think Boston? Yes. Serge is way more of a bag, though. No, I don't know. I think Serge is a way bigger bag. And guess what else? I don't think it's that much. Serge, if he goes on a little run, he's gonna get in Al Horford's ear. He's gonna he's he's gonna he's gonna be talking talking that ish. He's gonna get in Al Horford's head. And Al Horford, he doesn't do well with that kind of stuff. Al this is the kind of player Al Horford is. Al Horford has a bag, but has better players around him to where he doesn't need to use his bag. No, even in even his in his Hawks days, Al Horford really didn't have a bag. Al Horford had guys around him. Teague, Millsap, Korva. So where are you basing this bag off of? I just think he gets buckets. We've seen. Al Horford gets buckets sometimes. You're just like, whoa. I don't really know what you're talking about. Okay. I I see him convert really well in the short roll jab spot up. I see him convert well in the catch and shoot. I see him convert well on alley-oops. I don't know where his sudden athleticism came because we sure as hell didn't see That's that when he was in the thing. Thunder. Serge doesn't have athleticism anymore. Al somehow does. So do you think Al Horford is going to be posterizing Serge? No. Serge still has some athleticism. No. Okay. I just think Al is a better player. I think one-on-one Al wins. Okay. Jordan Nawara, Luke Cornett. It's Nawara all day. What? All day? Yes, the all disrespect. day. disrespect. The disrespect. What? The if disrespect. this is a pick and pop three contest, it's Cornette. <laughs> Best shooting big in Texas history, but like, <laughs> it's not the game we're playing here. Okay. Well, I think that about does it. All right. Nick Stauskas versus uh, Sandro, whatever his name Sandro is. Sandro Mamukushalevsky. That can't be his last name. Hold on. Let's, let's read this out here. Sandro. He's not even on the box score. Because he didn't Whoops. play. That's true. He was actually injured. Um, Wait, I'm going to look it up. Sandro Mamukashevsky. Kashuvaleski. Sandro Bucks. You looking up Sandro Bucks? Yep. Not even going to try. Sandro, let me read this out. Sandro Mamukelavishvili. Mamukelavishvili. How is he born in New York? Mamukelavishvili. You never know, dude. He played for Seton Hall. Oh, maybe we know someone who knows him. Oh, I do remember him playing for Seton Hall. That's, I actually think I do, too. Um, I'm going to look up the Dude, Sandro's actually pretty darn good. Yeah, like, Sandro good. can be a guy. He was playing a lot um, when Brooke was out, actually. So, that was actually why they Stouts traded for Serge, because they weren't sure, um, what's it called, Brooke would be healthy. You're probably right. Um, okay. Yeah. The pronunciation is Mamu Kelashvili. Mamu Kelashvili. 
Mamukalashvili. Mamukalashvili. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I'm I'm a one at these European name Mamukalashvili. I remember seeing. How do you spell Antetokounmpo? A n t e t o k u n m p b o. Wrong. B. There's a B in there. No, there isn't. This there. Oh, there's a B. You look sound. it up. You look it up. I'm gonna spell it correctly. I already have it up. A n. Yep. T e t. Yep. O. Yeah. K o. Yep. U n. Yep. P o. Nope. M p o. Oh, I did get it wrong, didn't I? N m p o. I remember my first time ever seeing. Are you ready for this, listeners? Nemanja Bjelica's name on 2K, and I pronounced it Nemanja Bjelica, and I then. Looked it up right away because I wanted to be able to flex on someone. And then from then on, anytime the Kings were brought up, I would purposely say, well, what do you think about Nemanja Bielitsa? And everyone's like, who? Yeah, you're a nerd. No, because it, it was just always fun to me to like know names like that. No, you know? I almost always have pronunciation correctly of NBA players. Okay, right. Mamu Kelashvili. That's why you went and looked that up. That's why you, that's why you said Sandro Bucks. Okay, and I got it right now. Okay, whatever. Should Alrighty. I just be ignorant and get it wrong on purpose? I'm, People just, still call the best player in the league Nikola Jokic. That's unacceptable. Today I was listening um, to the Hoop Collective, and um, somebody on there called him that. Yeah, I don't. This is a guy that I don't like, and I'm not going to say names because I don't. I don't really like to diss in the, in the like, media world. I feel we're like we're Win, media members. I feel like Windhorse would have gotten on him for that. He should have, but he didn't. But or Bontemps even. Bontemps. He said. He said Jokic. Bontemps is always called. This is okay. a guy who's going to be back-to-back MVPs. You're going to call him Jokic? I feel like Bontemps would get on there and be like, okay, are we just going to sit there and let him call him Jokic? But, you know? Jokic. Jokic. Can, I can't even it's fathom. Nikola Jokic. I can't even fathom getting a back-to-back MVP's name wrong. What do you imagine, think of my Bontemps impression? It was, it was not great. No, imagine imagine was. saying, like, Larry Byard. Imagine yeah. saying Kareem Abdul-Jabber. Yeah, that's that's up. literally the same level. Abdul Jabber may have won more, but still, Jokic was back to back MVP winner. Yeah, LeBron James, that's saying that kind of, but <coughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm like, let's just okay, Shaq, Shaq Shackle. didn't watch those games. Those ha- like you could tell he didn't watch the games. Yeah, you no. could, they just would read. Okay, Kenny probably watched. I, I, Ernie I was watched. Thinking about Kenny it and Ernie watched. Shaq fell asleep. All all they Shaq do, they read box scores. Shaq and Chuck. I love the guys yeah. to death. Yeah. And when they're watching highlights, there's few that match their entertainingness. But they just read box scores. No, the best is Chuck's Fanduel predictions when he just. Those are no. Those are the funniest things. He of all time. gives the prediction and nothing after. No. Well, Will James Harden score more than 27 and a half points? Yes. yes. No, I no, literally, I think that's, that's my favorite thing that TNT has added in decades. Yeah. Like, they, FanDuel has whatever prop they want Chuck to pick, and then him and Kenny get on a little box in the lower right corner, and they say it. Um, it's just yes or no. Will the Memphis Grizzlies score over 125 points? No. That's it. That's it. I use it at that. Go to the commercial. <laughs> it's like, okay. Will Brooke Lopez make more than three three-pointers? No. Yes. <laughs> and then, no, then Kenny will say, yes, I think he will. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then that's it. That's it. It's, it's a great – everyone look out for it. It's hilarious. They have to be doing it on purpose at this point. No, I, don't, I, think, I think Chuck just thinks he's doing high-level analysis there. <laughs> <But> yeah. <coughs> All right. Well – 
Uh, we thank you all very much for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed. And let's hope to get some good games uh, later in the day. Yeah. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to another episode, an, another edition of the Par for the Court podcast. And as always, it's Par for the Court podcast.